Welcome to the True Logic, the podcast edition, the place where we talk about trends, news, and insights for businesses and individuals who want to succeed in digital marketing. Join our host, SEO expert and certified mama's boy, Burn Sun One, as he gives you insights on digital marketing fundamentals, tips and best practices, and easy conversations with industry experts about the latest trends and happenings in the digital world. Let's get started. Let's talk about digital marketing for B2B. For everybody that's listening, you already know, right, that the age of digital has changed the way marketers communicate and how we sell to B2B audiences. Back in the day, you needed an army of salespeople walking up and down buildings, selling to different establishments because that was their primary business driver. But today, study reveals that 82% of marketers consider B2B digital marketing as a new business driver for their businesses, for their companies, and 65% of them plan to increase their B2B marketing spend. In today's episode, let's talk about how you can implement an effective B2B digital marketing strategy for your business. So first off, I'm not going to assume you're a marketer. B2B marketing is just marketer speak for when you're trying to capture the attention of businesses or institutions rather than your individual consumers. And B2B is more about targeting than it is about volume. So with that out of the way, welcome to the True Logics DX podcast. Today, we'll take up B2B marketing how it's changed, developed, and thrived in the online environment. Let's dive in. So what is B2B versus B2C? And I think like the names imply, right? Like business to business, business to consumer. When you say business to business, you're trying to capture the attention of a person inside an institution, inside the company. So your user personas are not necessarily millennials or people in this age group or in that economic category. They tend to be specific job titles like purchasing officers, business owners, marketing directors, and so on and so forth. So the nature of the targeting is very different because when you're doing B2C, you have the ability to cast a wide net. Like if you were doing targeting, let's say in the city of Manila, and you only wanted to target the capital region, then you can simply target all consumers that fit within a certain demographic in the national capital region. But when you're doing B2B, that's not necessarily the case, right? Like take, for example, in some situations that we've encountered, we market to enterprises, but the decision makers for our types of services and businesses are decision makers that are in regional. Like the decision maker might be based in Hong Kong, the decision maker might be based in Singapore, and so on and so forth. So first things first, the audience drastically different. The next one is the goals are different. It is easier to carve out a path to purchase with B2C than it is with B2B. I mean, look at Lazada, look at Shopee, right? It's easy to push somebody to a path to purchase from awareness to close with B2C. With B2B, that's rarely the case. You're probably selling something that's got a warranty, that's got a master services agreement, and so on and so forth. So the B2B sales process is significantly more complex, and it also has a long lead time. So that's another difference between B2B and B2C. The next one is purchase motivation. Highly different, right? Because in B2C, you're getting a person to spend money out of their own pocket. And with B2B, you're getting that person to spend money out of their boss's pocket. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you know, you make a mispurchase, you're not gonna get fired for it. Like you buy a bad pair of shoes, you're not gonna get fired for it. But if you buy a bad service, if you flush your boss's money down the drain, there are consequences. So the drivers for a purchase are usually different. Most of the time, you're trying to find out do your B2B audiences, not customers, but do your B2B audiences, are they looking to solve a problem for the first time? Are they looking for a better way to solve the problem? Are they trying to ease a friction or are they trying to replace their current provider, right? So the motivator for a purchase is drastically different. The number of people involved in a purchase are also drastically different. Most of the time, if you're targeting B2C, you're either targeting the individual or the individual and their friend, or the individual and their spouse, right? If you're targeting, let's say, senior high school, let's say that's what you're trying to drive. If you're targeting senior high school, you're probably targeting the student and their mom, right? Or a student and their parent, or the parent and their child, and that's it. But if you're targeting B2B, you're probably involving a business decision maker, like in our case, somebody involved in marketing, a purchasing officer, maybe a CFO. So the people involved in the process make it a significantly more complicated process to complete. And we talked about it briefly, right? Like the reason for making the purchase is significantly different compared to B2C. Now, in terms of doing online marketing, like when you're doing B2B marketing, What's the difference? You do have to be a bit more picky when it comes to the channels that you use. I would say social media, no brainer on B2C, but on B2B, you have to do it more tastefully. It's a very different journey when you're advertising on Facebook and you're a service. After all, take for example, True Logic is present on Facebook and we're very B2B. But the content that you put out for B2B audiences cannot be the same content that you put out for consumers. You will not find a True Logic post that mirrors anything similar to a Lazada post or a Shopee post or a Greenwich post or a Jollibee post. So when you're marketing online, a, one of the things that you can do is drive awareness to your brand. I would still say this is where traditional marketing still has a hand to play and brand activation still have a hand to play. But the trouble with brand activations and traditional marketing is you can't really trace the path to purchase all the way till the end. And this is where digital sort of comes in. Now, with most B2B campaigns, the target for us almost always is inevitably generate more leads, generate more inquiries, generate more phone calls, probably not foot traffic, but it's always generate more foot traffic, inquiries to our products, inquiries to our services, but it's always leads, 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 leads. About, I would say 80% of the time, this is what we're doing. Now, there is a question of, okay, so you got their attention, you got them to consume the content on your website, now what? Right, and this is where B2B marketing is still part. Remember, it's still pre-sales until they become your customer, right? So marketing is still involved when it comes to shortening the lead close time. And so this is what we talk about when we say, how do you speed up the sales process? How do you streamline the sales process? Where do you remove the unnecessary friction in a B2B customer's buying experience? How do you make the products or services intuitive to them? Where can they see your price list? Where can they see your menu of services? By setting up different pages on your website that identify different levels of maturity down the sales funnel or different levels of intent, all the way to different services, what you're doing is you're shortening the qualifying time. Like take, for example, when a person inquires at True Logic, I don't need to ask, okay, what product or services are you looking for? If they're looking for social media services, they would have inquired from the social media page. If they were looking for SEO, for example, they would have inquired from the SEO page. If they were looking for web development, they would have inquired from the web development page. That's just one more way to streamline the process.
The other thing that you can do, and this is really more sales operations, but I would say it's still part of marketing, is how do you then simulate the care to the people that reach out to you, right? How do you make it easy for you to begin that initial conversation with your audience, with your potential customers? When you put out content on social media, who's responding? When you put out a video on YouTube and you encourage people to drop a comment, like the way I do, who's responding? It isn't me, like full disclosure, it's not me. But is somebody responding, right? Or else, you know, don't say drop a comment. But how do you simulate the care from, okay, here's my calendar of availability. Let's talk here. Hey, looks like we missed our appointment. I've got another availability during this date. Like, how do you automate that so that you're not having to manually be thoughtful of all of the people that you have to have starting conversations with? Of course, B2B marketing isn't very useful if it doesn't impact your sales, right? And, and I will proudly say majority of the sales that are getting driven to TrueLogic are driven by B2B marketing. So most of what I'm talking to you about comes from the experience of having run the business. And then, of course, sometimes you really want to know which channels move the marketing needle, which channels get you the most conversation started, which channels should you double down on, which ones deliver on qualified leads. Because you may get 200 inquiries on one channel at 3% qualifying rate, but you may get 60 on another channel at a 20% conversion rate, right? Or at the 20% qualification rate. So you want to measure every stage of qualification that your customers go through to know where should you double down? Where should you invest your dollars or your pesos in, in terms of marketing? Now, let's talk about some of the strategies that are involved when it comes to B2B marketing. And this is very similar to, to B2C marketing. Normally, when we run campaigns, we like to find out, are we talking about top funnel, mid funnel, or bottom funnel campaigns. And when we say top funnel campaigns, we're talking about measuring the number of people that saw your content, so the number of eyeballs that you're able to attract. Similar to CPMs in traditional marketing, but are you doing a top funnel campaign? Are you trying to find out how many people are now aware of your brand, are now aware of your product or your services? How many people's attention are you attracting so that you can convert them to your audience? But essentially, top funnel is just audience building. You're just getting people to hear your brand message, your product message, and so on and so forth. From that very broad, very vague net, you now try to knit your net to be a bit more fine. So what you're doing is you're filtering out the people that are seeing your messaging but are not really relevant to your business. They're not part of your target audience. And so what you're doing now is audience segmentation, which is still very much part of your top funnel, by the way. When you're building an audience, what you're trying to do is you're calling the attention of, let's say, 100,000 people and you're trying to find out which one, two, three, five, ten thousand resonate with your message. They leave footprints in your website. And these people that behave in a certain way, these people with receptive behaviors on your website, get defined as your audiences. You then put your next stage of marketing specifically targeting only them because their behavior tells you that your content is relevant to them. So you create a target audience, you create some brand awareness, that's your top funnel. Your mid-funnel campaigns are about engagement. This is where you want them reading your content, becoming a repeat visitor to your website, sending an inquiry, downloading your, let's say, checklists, downloading your case studies, and so on and so forth, engaging with you on social media, sharing your posts. These are just mid-funnel campaigns. Bottom-funnel campaigns 
are when you actually get them to hint that there is a potential business relationship there. Normally by calling a phone number that is deliberately set up to receive business inquiries or normally by receiving an inquiry through your contact forms or whatnot. But bottom funnel campaigns are about you getting qualified leads to your business. Uh, and there, there are a lot of ways that, that you guys can do this. And there's a lot of ways that you guys can, I would say, cross-channel this, right? Like take, for example, at the top of your funnel, you can make SEO, social media, and even AdWords display campaigns play well together at the top funnel. At the mid funnel, you can use SEM, the search network component of AdWords. SEO, it's everywhere in the sales funnel from top to bottom. Uh, but also, I would say content marketing plays a big role in the middle of the funnel. Like once they're your audience, once they're receptive to your content, content marketing becomes very effective at turning them into a conversion later down in the funnel. And again, for an example, and I'll mention this later again, uh, HubSpot, I think, is the king of content marketing. In fact, if you've ever used the term inbound marketing, then, you know, they've already brainwashed you because they invented that term. So content marketing works really well in the mid funnel. And on the bottom funnel, this is where your remarketing campaigns really come in. This is where your really aggressive SEM campaigns really come in. SEO, again, will always help. Lead generation can be done on social media also, but mostly for me, for B2B, I try to keep social media to the top, to the mid of my funnel. So in terms of strategy, just be mindful of, are you prioritizing top funnel metrics, mid funnel metrics, bottom funnel metrics? And depending on which section of the funnel you're targeting, make sure you're using the right channels, right? SEO, Google Display, YouTube advertising, Facebook for top content marketing and AdWords search for mid and remarketing, AdWords search campaigns, social media lead generations, and SEO for bottom funnel. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, and you know, feel free to rewind this if any of this was a mouthful, let's talk about some of the potential trends that we might be looking at for, for B2B marketing. There are a lot of studies and surveys that are done out there about marketing, and so this is just us pulling them from different sources, right? But Take, for example, in one report, marketers report that measuring the ROI of their marketing activities will be their number one challenge in 2022, which has been their number one challenge since 2016. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's be honest. But I do see like working with clients for three, four years, like the same client in a relationship for three, four years, you do see them advancing. You're, you're wanting, you're seeing them wanting to demystify their digital results. You're wanting them, you're seeing them wanting to demystify the investment they made in marketing to the return in revenue that they actually acquired, right? Clients that had no CMSs before, or sorry, had no CRMs before, which are customer relationship management tools like HubSpot, like Pipedrive, like Salesforce, begin implementing them, right? And you have to help them implement that. But measuring ROI is super important. For TrueLogic, our marketing team, their end-all and be-all exists in a single number. It is the marketing ROI number. And they try to keep that within 15 to 25. They can go higher if they want to make me really happy. <laughs> But let's just say their job is to keep that between about 15 to 25. That means they generate 15 pesos of revenue for every peso spent, right? So not bad, right? Like even on the low side, that's not bad. 
Now, the other thing to take note is that roughly half of B2B marketers plan to create more case studies in 2022, which I would agree, super important if you're doing B2B marketing. Case studies are sort of like your showroom, especially if you are a service provider. They don't want to take your word for it. Like, especially if you're the salesman doing the pitch, they don't want to take your word for it because you are the salesman. So of course you're going to say, <laughs> you're going to say great stuff about your product or your service. Of course you're going to tell them it lays golden eggs. But case studies do matter. In the brands where we use case studies effectively, they are very effective at either starting conversations or generating leads. The number one goal for B2B marketers in 2022, you know, for me, sadly, is still brand awareness. This might be true for, I would say this, this is so true for emerging brands, but for established brands, brand awareness should not be your top priority. You are underplaying the full power of B2B marketing. Remember that when you say brand awareness, you're creating awareness content. So that means you're really talking about you. You're not talking about their problem. And one of the things that I always like to say in digital marketing, and it's not just true in digital marketing, this is true for everything. Your customers don't care about you until you care about their problem first. Sure, do brand awareness, but don't only do brand awareness. Because out of all of the metrics you're looking at, that's the one that's hardest to stitch to ROI. Okay, there are marketers that are planning to stop leveraging podcasts and audio. I apparently didn't get the memo because <laughs> you're listening to me in a podcast. But you know, for us, this is an experiment. But there are marketers that are deciding to give up podcasts and audio content. And then there are those that are giving up VR and AR. I think people tried to break through AR and VR a little too early. About half of the of B2B marketers say their highest priority is optimizing load speed. What that really means is website speed, right? Their priority is optimizing site speed. But that's not really very difficult. Like you can sort that out in two to six weeks at best. Uh, but they feel that this is their best or their most effective SEO strategy. And being an SEO, I gotta be honest, that can't be your most effective SEO strategy. Site speed is at best a 37% influencer of whether you will perform or not, at best. And so it's still content. It's still content, it's still content marketing, it's still marketing storytelling on your website, on your marketing material that will influence whether you start conversations or not. The other thing that surprised us was that people believe that LinkedIn will be the most popular video channel for B2B marketers in 2022, followed by TikTok. I also gotta be honest here, I'm not sure how TikTok becomes B2B marketing. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert, but you know, this is one of those interesting things where, you know, it's a we'll see. Now, if you want to find concrete examples of some people that are doing spectacularly when it comes to B2B marketing, I've got a couple of samples for you guys. If you want to find out how to do B2B marketing through social media channels, some brands that do it right, in my opinion, if you've bought or because you saw the ads, if you bought QuickBooks, if you use QuickBooks for your businesses, which we did. You might be familiar with the Danny DeVito Gifleys, where they shot videos of him and they turned him into like a hundred gifts that they then published like memes on social media. That did really well. Shutterstock has very edgy content, in my opinion. Like, I wouldn't say that the messaging they did is safe for all brands to try to employ, but I think it matches the personality of the brand, right? Like, they've got things that are like Game of Thrones parodies or model parodies. So, they did really well 
well on their social media campaign. Another brand that does well, and I'll go local this time, Go Negosho, puts out a lot of content on social media, right? And they leverage the power of influencers. I mean, this is to encourage Filipinos to be micro or small business owners. So they're doing a good job on social media. In terms of content marketing, what can I say? Shopify and HubSpot are king. Shopify has done a great job, like just the, the amount of adoption that they've gotten. That is terrific content marketing. HubSpot has taken upon itself to educate people about marketing, to demystify marketing. There is so much learning content in the HubSpot platforms. I hear Lazada is starting to take this up with the Lazada University, which is also a type of content marketing. It is also a type of community building. It is content marketing. And so those are examples of some brands doing content marketing really well. And then for digital marketing, I think MailChimp still really does well. They, they do really well. The fact that they get thousands of subscribers every month is a testament to how well they do it. Without having to dive through too many tangents, and again, feel free to you know rewind back a couple of minutes on the items that were most important to you. I hope we've given you a quick bird's eye view of B2B marketing. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the True Logic DX podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, give us a shout out on social media. We <laughs> are on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and check out our website for more digital marketing resources. Don't forget to subscribe to the True Logic DX podcast and set up your alert for new episodes. We put one out every week. And the True Logic DX podcast is powered by our friends at Pod Machine. Thank you, Pod Machine. And talk to you on the next episode. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the True Logic DX podcast, an audio production show for people who want to take their digital marketing game to the next level. True Logic DX is powered by Pod Machine. If you enjoyed today's episode, follow at True Logic on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Check out our website at www.truelogic.com.ph for more information on digital marketing. And make sure to catch our upcoming episodes on your favorite podcast network. Until next time, 